There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of WickDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at WickDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Hello and welcome to Smart TV. It's good to have you along. I'm David Butcher. I write about television for Radio Times. And the idea of this podcast, if you haven't heard it before, is that I just talk through the coming week's TV, the biggest shows coming up, the best shows coming up, hopefully a few slightly left field things and some hidden gems and so on, plus at the end, one show to avoid. It's all quick and no frills, and the idea is it sends you away thinking, okay, that one sounded all right, maybe I'll give that a try. And then you love it so much that you watch every episode and it changes your life and makes you glad to be alive. That's the theory. The first show I'm going to talk about is a drama. It's called Marriage, and it's on BBC One on Sunday and Monday this week, and again next week. And it's one of those shows where, as a preview, you start watching it and you think, oh, hang on, quite quickly you realise it's a bit special. It's not like anything you've seen before, it's going to rewrite the rules a bit, and that's a really good feeling. You think, hang on, this 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 breaks the mould a bit. It's written and directed by the guy who wrote Mum, which a lot of people remember, the brilliant comedy on BBC Two with Leslie Manville. The writer-director, his name's Stefan Goloszewski, and I think he's he's a bit of a sort of unsung genius. I mean, he's fairly sung, but he's not like a household name or anything, and maybe he will be after this. The drama is about a marriage between a couple in their 50s who live in suburbia. Uh, they're played by Nicola Walker and Sean Bean. So already you're thinking this is, you know, this is going to be quality, they're going to be good. It's really just their everyday lives. We see them coming back from holiday, having a bit of a row... Uh, they go shopping, they talk about trivial stuff like, you know, the bins and the dishwasher and the holes in their underwear and stuff. And obviously, Sean Bean, Nicola Walker, they're both brilliant. But what really 
lifts the show is that the rhythms of it are quite strange and sort of fractured and it keeps doing things you don't expect. There's lots of pauses and lots of kind of minutiae and inconsequential stuff in there. And part of you sort of thinks, hang on, what's going on here? But part of you can feel that there's a lot happening below the surface. There's so much going unsaid in this marriage and maybe too much is going unsaid. Uh, And maybe there's some sort of deep emotion that isn't being dealt with and as it goes on I mean actually even in the first episode we learn more about the couple's history and the fact that though they seem to have very ordinary lives they've experienced a lot of trauma in various ways we meet their adopted daughter and we see into her life a bit we keep on sort of firing off on tangents even even minor characters you suddenly get a scene with a completely minor character you never see again there's a very unpleasant old sort of grandpa figure played by James Bolam who adds a nice little sort of edge of unpleasantness. And then it, it just broadens out and builds into this very powerful and incredibly sort of microscopically observed portrait of a family and a family at a point that it's going through a kind of crisis that it's nobody's facing up to. It, anyway, it's brilliant. It's not an easy watch. It, are, it does ask quite a lot of the audience, but in a good way. And it's very rewarding. And basically, I would say one of the best things you'll see this year. So that's Marriage on BBC One on starting on Sunday. I was talking a little bit there about unconventional storytelling, which there's a lot of in marriage in a very good way. And the next show has a bit of that too. It's called Rami and it's the second season. It starts on Channel 4 on Friday, the day this podcast comes out. Uh, it's two episodes at a time, shown quite late at night. And the first season of this, I don't know if it it may not have crossed your radar, it won awards and stuff in America, it's an American show. It didn't do a lot here. So it's a comedy, and it's the the most dry, deadpan comedy you've ever seen. It's extraordinary. A lot of the time, you sort of start to think you're in quite a serious, dark drama, but it really isn't. The premise is fairly straightforward. It's about a guy in his 20s, played by Rami Youssef, the, the writer, creator of it, who is the son of Egyptian immigrants living in New Jersey. And he's a bit hopeless. He's a bit of a drifter. He's kind of on a quest for some direction in his life, a bit of meaning, like you might say, like a lot of people in their 20s. But he also has the added complication of being a Muslim and from the sort of conflict between the traditions of that and how, you know, he sees himself as a regular guy in the modern world. To give you a sort of flavour of it, there's a typical scene in the new first episode of the new season. He's talking to his his spiritual guide, this uh, Sufi sheikh, played by Mahershala Ali, double Oscar winner. And Rami explains, he's talking about, he's describing slightly kind of shamefaced that he slept with his cousin in Egypt and to make matters worse, it was during Ramadan. But then he tries to sort of clarify and make it better. He says, that, but at least it was during eating hours, if, if that makes it any better, uh, which it kind of really doesn't. But there's a lot of that kind of quite, quite edgy, often quite filthy jokes, to be honest, in there. And it gets quite dark. But there are then big laughs that come along and kind of surprise you. So it sort of feels like a serious drama a lot of the time and then when a big weird joke lands that's all the funnier so anyway i recommend it if you like your edgy comedy give rami a go season two starts on channel four and it'll be on all four from this friday i've recommended one great new drama one great new comedy what about something factual 
Well, this week there's the first of a two-part series from a company called Brook Lapping, who make big, interesting series, often about world affairs type stuff. Uh, and this one is called Afghanistan Getting Out. Uh, it starts on BBC Two on Sunday. In fact, it clashes directly on BBC One with Marriage at the same time. So record it or get onto iPlayer or whatever. Afghanistan Getting Out is about how the US and its allies got bogged down in Afghanistan. It's the story of the last 20 years, really, in that part of the world. Basically, when we saw those scenes that you may remember last summer of Kabul Airport and the US suddenly withdrawing its forces and the sort of chaos that followed and the Taliban taking back control, it felt like the very shameful end of something that had gone very wrong a long time ago. And the number of lives lost... I mean, British and American, the huge amounts of money wasted in the end. Britain spent something like £20 billion, I think. The US spent several trillion. And in the end, for what? And the programme looks back at how American presidents and British prime ministers, they knew they were sort of in this inner quagmire. They'd got into something that was very hard to get out of. And they knew they had to work out either a way to sort of finish the job or to get the troops out. And it's the story of those efforts from successive presidents. Uh, And there are lots of really good interviews in their former generals and senior politicians, people like David Cameron and so on. May not be that delighted to see him on screen again. But it's a really strong, really forensic look at the last 20 years. And and obviously it's pretty grim viewing, but it's very powerful and very well done. That's Afghanistan getting out, uh, starts on BBC Two this Sunday. Now, a couple of films that are running on streaming platforms at the moment that are worth watching if you haven't already. 13 Lives uh, is on Amazon Prime, which is about the 2018 cave rescue, that extraordinary story uh, in Thailand. It's brilliantly directed by Ron Howard. I think Kellyanne, while I was away, Kellyanne mentioned it on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. It's out now. It's good. It's stirring stuff, really moving. That's 13 Lives on Amazon Prime. Another good straight-to-streaming film is Prey, which is on Disney Plus now. It's a very clever prequel to the Predator franchise, which, I mean, began way back in the 80s with the Arnold Schwarzenegger film, and there have been many more since. So this one, it's set in 1719 on the Great Plains of North America among the Comanche tribe. Beautiful setting, it's amazing Native American cast, and it's about a young Comanche woman who realizes the predator, who's you know the highly evolved alien hunter nightmare, is threatening her tribe, her people. So she has to figure out what to do about it. It's a very clever idea, really well done, and there's a lovely sense of America the beauty of America before any sort of of the horrors of modernity arrived. There are hints of that, the sort of French trappers who are coming, infringing on the Comanche land and so on. Anyway, whether or not you're a fan of the whole Predator thing, it doesn't really matter. It's worth a look on its own. If you have Disney+, Plus. that's Prey. Talking of prequels like that, I can't really talk about streaming this week and not mention Better Call Saul, which the final episodes of that will be on Netflix from... Tuesday after six seasons worth of amazing stuff the character of Saul Goodman was he was only originally going to be in like three episodes of Breaking Bad back in 2009 but he's he took on a life of his own he's he's kind of outlived and almost eclipsed Walter White and the original series 
it's been an extraordinary ride for fans. The swan song of one of, I mean, one of the TV greats is this Tuesday. Uh, if you're new to it, you can go right back to the start of Breaking Bad, which is still on Netflix, of course, and go through the whole lot. Another prequel coming down the line that I'll talk about next week is the Game of Thrones spin-off, House of the Dragon, which is coming to Sky pretty soon. That starts August the 22nd, so I'll go into that next week. I'm very much looking forward to seeing the screening of that. Back on regular old-school linear telly, I'm going to mention a new drama on BBC Three called Red Rose, which it comes from the production company that made Sex Education, and it's it's also a kind of teen young adult thing. It's a horror story in this case. It's very well done. It might cross over, maybe not quite in the same way that Sex Education did, but it could cause a bit of a stir because the theme of it is quite interesting. It's the relationship between teenagers and social media, but played out as a kind of horrific, dark horror story. The premise is basically that there's this smartphone app called Red Rose that suddenly pops up on these teenagers' phones. It's all set in Bolton, and the writers are from Bolton as well. Uh, And so these teenagers, they've just finished their GCSEs, and this thing comes on their phones. It starts threatening terrible things if they don't do what it tells them to do, and it completely messes with their lives. So it's a very contemporary, techie sort of horror fable, if you like. That's Red Rose on BBC Three from Monday. I want to mention next, there's a really interesting one-off documentary this week called Britain's Secret War Babies uh, on Channel 4 on Wednesday. I suppose it's really... If you watch Long Lost Family on ITV, which is the brilliant, incredibly emotional series uh, about people being reunited with family they didn't know they had, either because they were adopted or abandoned or whatever, this is a similar kind of deal. It's presented by a guy called Sean Fletcher, and he sets out to highlight this particular sort of generation of children, thousands of children who were born in the 1940s, who are now in their 70s, who were the children of African-American GIs and young British women during the war. And the way he puts it, he says, they were the first significant generation to be born black and British, but missing a vital part of their identity. The reason being because their fathers often disappeared, or if they stuck around, they weren't necessarily made very welcome by the families. The mothers were often left on their own. In one case that we hear about, the father, so the black American soldier who'd gone back to America, he sent a letter after the war inviting his girlfriend and their kid to join him in America. But the girl's mother hid the letter. She never saw it. She never knew that she could have gone to America to start a new life. It's full of very sad stories like that. And Sean Fletcher, he he basically mainly tells the story of two people and helps them to track down and meet, finally, their American relatives for the first time. It's very moving, it's well done, it's called Brit- and it's an extraordinary story. Britain's Secret War Babies on Channel 4 on Wednesday. Now, every week I highlight something that I think you should swerve. I think is a show that you don't need to watch, you can avoid it, it's my one to miss. This week, it's... Griff's Canadian Adventure on Channel 4. It's six episodes, Griff Rhys-Jones in Canada. I don't think the world needs another series where Griff Rhys-Jones goes from one end of somewhere to the other end of somewhere in a sort of sub-Michael Palin kind of way. It's 
I mean, I don't think he, I think he's very good at it. And he's a very genial presenter, obviously, and he's a brilliant man. But there are just, for me, and I think for a lot of people, there are too many celebrity travelogues going on. And to be honest, too many of them with middle-aged blokes like Griff or Michael Portillo or Alexander Armstrong or Richard E. Grant, all of them good broadcasters. But there's just two, all there's, you know, then there's Joanna Lumley and Susan Cowman, and they're all churning out these series. They've just become this, this sort of worn-out formula that feels very stale when you watch it and nothing really rings true it just it feels like the moments have just been generated for the camera there's no real encounters everything's trailed in advance and then recapped at the end of each part and it's just it feels to me it's deadly and somebody needs to invent a new way of doing it and also griffrey's jones who i think is a is a great comedian and broadcaster I think he should be doing something that sort of stretches him a bit more for me, something that's worthy of his talents, because he could be doing, he could be making some really interesting television. Anyway, so that's my one to miss. It's Griff's Canadian Adventure. I don't need to tell you when it's on because you don't need to watch it. Just before I finish, quick mention for a series called Hide and Seek. It's just arrived on all four. And it's Walter Presents' first Ukrainian series. It's kind of a crime mystery with a Pied Piper-y sort of edge to it. So we're in this fading industrial town and a seven-year-old kid is mysteriously, just kind of vanishes. He's kidnapped. It's a bit of a sort of almost locked room mystery about it. And she's not the last to go missing. There's some kind of serial killer or serial kidnapper at work. And... As, as is the way, you know, there's a mismatched detective duo who come in to investigate and they've got a complicated past and so on. It's pretty gloomy and the setting's all pretty bleak, but it does hook you in and the central pairing are really interesting. So, I mean, it's it's one for your, your crime drama completists. Walter presents Hide and Seek. That's on all four now. So that's all for this week. Thank you very much for listening. With any luck, there's something in there that will brighten up your week a bit. I'll be back next Friday with some more picks, uh, including, as I mentioned earlier, the Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, which is coming to Sky very soon. It really doesn't feel at this point like winter is coming. But anyway, join me again next week. Until then, bye for now and happy viewing. Mm -hmm.